Welcome to the GeoMob podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Welcome to another GeoMob podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be talking with Carly Morris. She's the new, newish head of the Geovation Hub, which is the place in London where we hold most of our GeoMob events. So, Carly, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for hosting our events. Carly has an interesting career because she's not really a geographer. She's a linguist, as I discovered just before we started this podcast. Her career spans aviation, corporate finance, product development and innovation. And she says that she loves nothing more than seeing new ideas come to life. She's fluent in four languages. She's working on a fifth and she likes to spend as much time as possible at 30,000 feet. We'll get to that, I promise you. Um, so previously, before she went to Geovation, she worked as the head of in- innovation at the International Airport Group, and she was also a VP of Trade and Working Capital at Barclays Corporate. This is not the kind of CV, Carly, that I would expect for... Um, somebody heading up a geospatial innovation lab. So introduce yourself um, and tell our listeners how someone who's a linguist and a financier got to be running geovation. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so I do have a very varied uh, career background. I've, I've dabbled in a few different industries thus far, but Actually, I think that's played to my strengths in terms of being able to adapt and understand new industries very quickly. And that's been particularly useful coming into the geospatial industry. So as you correctly said, you know, I'm not a uh, geographer by training. I don't have a background in geospatial, but I have been learning the language of geospatial and that there is definitely a language to learn. Um, And I've really enjoyed enjoyed doing that. Um, So I guess one of the main reasons that I became head of Geovation was because I'd had a lot of experience working in the fields of innovation and also working with startups, particularly in my previous role. um, I was working in international airlines groups, and that's the parent company of British Airways and Iberia. And uh, I started working in product development and realized that I could launch products way quicker, way smarter, way more efficiently than anyone else if I worked with startups. And that was the the kind of key for me to falling in love uh, with working with startups and also finding that niche of understanding the corporate language and the way that large organizations and large corporates work and marrying that to the startup language and the way that startups work and the, the culture that surrounds that because there is a a cultural inflection point there that takes some navigating and takes some skill to to work your way around. And and I suppose that's that's one of the main things that um, has brought me to working in Geovation and working in Ordnance Survey. So one of the the key reasons really that that I took this role was I saw that opportunity for Geovation. I saw something that has been built up now over 13 years, uh, we've grown to a huge community with such a, a great asset to Ordnance Survey. And I could see how the power of that community um, and the power of working with startups could be used to, to bring more benefit into OS, but also to the partners and the corporates that we work with as well. Okay, so that's interesting because 
as you said that, I realized that running a startup, an incubator or something like that, an innovation hub for an organization like Ordnance Survey actually provides a way to bring some of that invention and creativity and energy that comes from the startup environment back into a 200-plus-year-old established corporate. So um, that's a slightly different way to the way I was looking at it. So that's interesting. Just for the sake of we've got listeners all over the world, Carly. Um, This is a global podcast, of course, because it's geo. Um, Tell Tell our listeners a little bit about what you do at Geovation and how it works. You said it's been started 13 years ago. I was there right at the beginning, so I I know a bit about it and also am amazed at how it's grown. But tell people what's happened there. Absolutely, yes. So Geovation is, is the home of geospatial innovation. Um, so we have been growing for 13 years. Um, it was started by Ordnance Survey, and, and since it was first established by OS, we've worked with other partners such as the Land Registry and Registers of Scotland who have come in and, and expanded our remit to PropTech as well. And we've grown to a community of over 1,800 startups, investors, developers, students, um, corporates, you know, anyone that has an interest and anyone that can see the power of geospatial data and how it can be used. So we have a, a HQ innovation hub in, um, in Clerkenwell in London. We also have partner innovation hubs across the rest of the UK, and we run innovation programs to support startups and help them to launch and grow their businesses. So that includes accelerator programs, it includes innovation challenges that are focused on very specific societal or environmental issues, um, hackathons, events, tech clinics, you name it, we, we have a plethora of ways that we can help to grow and launch geospatial and prop tech startups. Okay, that's, you know, when I first started, there was me, Chris Parker, uh, Stu McFarlane, that was it. There were three of us, I think. Oh, and John Abbott. There were four of us doing that. And uh, yeah, it's grown into this massive enterprise running across the country, um, which is fantastic. Does it work? It does work. Absolutely. I, I don't think we would have had a, a established history of 13 years if, uh, if we didn't prove some value. So um, 76% of our startups that have worked with Geovation are still active five years after leaving the program. And that's wow. really, imp- yeah, that's a very important statistic because the, the, the average, uh, global average overall is that 90% of startups fail within their first five years. So um, we really bucked the trend in terms of making sure that any startup that works with Geovation is equipped with all of the right tools, learnings, connections, customers that they need to make sure that they have longevity in their success as well. Um, So yes, it does work. Um, Those startups have gone on to raise, I think it's over 110 million pounds and that number grows every single day. Uh, Numerous jobs have been created, all of these different metrics of how those startups have grown and brought value back to the UK. You've really surprised me how how effective it is because I've always been a little bit of a 
a skeptic about this because I always thought if you're really good, you're going to succeed anyway. Do you need the incubator? Do you need the seed funding? And you're saying that absolutely it does work. So that's impressive. Um, and yeah, and I think to, to, add, to add to that, sorry to interrupt you. I think just to add to that, um, yes, you, you can be successful on your own. It, you know, there's plenty of uh, examples of startups that have done amazing things. The the thing, the value that's added by an accelerator program is it helps to reduce the risk of failure. Uh, you know, we're equipping these startups with all of the tools, all of the learnings, all of the connections that they need to reduce that risk of failure and to accelerate their growth. You know, clues in the name. Uh, yeah. So um, there's there's a, a huge benefit to any startup working with an accelerator program, particularly in those early days. So how, do you back winners or does everybody get a chance? Oh, everyone gets a chance. Um, so... We, we obviously have our accelerator program um, that runs twice a year. It's a 12-month program, and we accept six startups per cohort uh, into those programs. And there's also a program in Scotland uh, that runs twice a year. So those are the startups that we are backing in terms of providing grant funding, an established six-month um, intensive program, access to uh, facilities, all of those kind of benefits that come with running the accelerator however any startup is welcome to join geovation as a member and it's totally free um, all they need to do is fill in a form on our website and then they can still access all of the facilities that we have across the uk they can join our clinics in everything from tech support geospatial support marketing legal all that kind of thing and get support from the geovation community and the geovation team so you know, everyone is welcome, no matter what stage your business is at, we, we're here to help you. That, that really is fantastic. And it has, as you said, it's grown phenomenally over the last 13 years. I've got to sort of give a disclosure here, Carly. Um, in the first Geovation challenge that we ran uh, 13 years ago, one of the companies that got to the final stage of that and didn't get um, a grant funding from the Geovation program, I went off and backed subsequently afterwards. And they've gone on to become enormously successful, employing quite a lot of people, making profits, and uh, have been a very successful business. But I've also been involved one way and another with being an angel investor with several other Geovation startups. And uh, I have to say, as an investor, Geovation is a fantastic source of investment opportunities. So it definitely works in terms of bringing um, angel early stage investors um, in contact with startups and has, uh, you know, I know several startups that have been come out of uh, Geovation that have got funding because They've been presented through Geovation events and also at Geomob. You know, several of them have come to Geomob and that's where um, they've picked up investors. Um, so in some regards, I think we could even look at Geomob as being a friend and partner of Geovation that's helped in that process as well. So Absolutely. let's talk about um, innovation and what do you think innovation is? So we've got a really lovely 
equation that sums this up in Geovation, which is innovation equals problem multiplied by solution multiplied by execution. So you need that problem, that solution and that execution for innovation to truly take place. You need to firstly understand the problem that you're trying to solve. You need to understand it really well and you know, fall in love with it in a way um, so that you have all of the information that you need to come up with a solution to solve that problem, a solution that customers are willing to pay for and that you can feasibly execute. And then finally, that execution component. So you need the right support, um, the right resources, everything that you can get from the innovation team. And those three things all together, that's what really creates innovation. Is innovation just a new product? No, it's it's not just a new product. I mean, it could be uh, it could be a new product. It could be a new product feature. It could be a new business model, a new process. All of this constitutes innovation. So anything where you are taking a problem, applying a solution, and executing on it, that's innovation in my eyes. Okay, okay. So. How about giving me a couple of examples? Because I know you you won't have come on this podcast without some examples. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, I actually want to highlight uh, one of our amazing founders, Iris Kramer. You might have met Iris before. She's been a part of the Geovation community for some time. Uh, and she has a fantastic business called Arch AI. Um, so Arch AI de-risks the process of uh, finding archaeological sites in construction projects. So she uses earth observation data to detect where these archeological sites might be. Um, and being able to do that in the very early planning stages of any major construction project is hugely valuable, both in terms of saving time, but also saving money, um, not having to go out and, and those sites on the ground. So Iris, she's a fantastic founder. She's a, an archaeologist turned computer scientist. She was the first person in the world to do a PhD in deep learning for the detection of archaeological sites using, using Earth observation data. And she's also just been named as a Forbes 30 under 30. She's a, a, a fantastic accolade for the great work that she's doing. Okay, okay. Um, and... Is that a business or a one-man or one-person enterprise? So I believe she's she's currently a one-person enterprise. Uh, so she's right. doing a lot of herself, although working, you know, with with others to support her. Okay, so that's interesting because I heard the words AI and I heard the words remote sensing and that, and um, I'm guessing more and more at Geovation the startups that are coming to you are working with remote sensing, remote sense data and artificial intelligence. Um, is that the case? Yeah, it's something that we are seeing more and more. I mean, it's being taught more in universities. So you see that coming through. You see those graduates like Iris, you know, who have studied using these technologies and these techniques and then applying that to real business problems. So, yes, absolutely, it's something that we're seeing more and more, um, and I think there's so many opportunities that can come of it, so I'm, I'm glad to see it. And how does that connect with the research activities that are going on within 
Ordnance Survey? Because you've got a research team who are obviously looking at all sorts of things related to geospatial data. Yeah, and they're working very, very closely with the academic community, with people like Iris, actually, who are completing PhDs in fields that are very relevant to OS and, and to, to what we're looking at. Um, and that's great because those projects that are being supported by Ordnance Survey's research team may then come into Geovation, you know, once those PhDs are complete and the founder uh, has this fantastic piece of research that they want to then commercialize or turn into a product, that's where we can come in and help. So the, the circle, the, the loop um, of support for these types of innovations is actually really strong. Right. Okay. So I've got a question for you, um, which is who benefits from an innovation hub? Is it the recipient of the funding? Is it the funding organisation? Or is it somebody else? Or is it? I mean, it's both. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fantastic, you know, source of support and benefit for everyone involved. So in terms of the startups that are working with Geovation, they get that you know, world-leading expertise in using geospatial data, access to geospatial and property data. They obviously get the funding, um, which a lot of them very much appreciate, particularly in the early stages. Uh, connections to customers, opportunities to showcase their businesses, and just an opportunity to be part of a community where there's tons of entrepreneurs um, that have been there, done that, got the T-shirt, and can support one another in overcoming the inevitable ob obstacles that do come up. Um, on the funding partners side, so they will benefit from being at the forefront of the innovation and startup ecosystem that is relevant to their industry. So seeing those innovations and being the, the first ones to have the opportunity to work with these startups, uh, learn from the, these startups and, and possibly even partner with them uh, to launch solutions in their own businesses for their own customers, um, which has massive benefit that, like I told you at the begin beginning, that's exactly how I ended up uh, working with startups in the first place. So in summary, the benefit is for everyone. Um, and Geovation is that happy matchmaker that sits in the middle and uh, and brings the benefit to all parties. Okay, and we should mention, I think, the mentorship programme that Geovation started, I think, last year. And I've been one of the mentors on that programme. So, uh, and I think that's, that's an interesting programme to sort of include within Geovation. Yeah, it is. So it launched last year. You're absolutely right. And I'm really glad to hear that you're one of our mentors. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, we've just launched our second iteration of that program. So it, it ran so successfully first time around that we thought we must do this again. Um, so the matches are actually currently being made for the second program. And I have no doubt there will be a third and a fourth and a fifth and so on. Um, and that program, I think, has worked so well because it has brought members of our existing community together that perhaps just wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet or connect um, in the first instance. But we've matched those needs of, of startups or members of our community with 
um, mentors that can offer them support um, and, and advice in growing their businesses, just like you have, Stephen. So yeah. thank you. And I must say, I was I was very pleasantly surprised at the um, both the results and the experience of being a mentor. Uh, when I went through that first mentorship program with my mentee, I got to the end of it and I thought, well, that's been okay. Um, and we've come to the end of it. And we sort of did a an end of mentorship review. And I wasn't sure what the mentee had got from the mentorship. And so I asked him and, um, and he had really got quite a lot from it by um, having somebody that he was regularly able to talk to and reflect with who was outside of his business, outside of the domain, but was able to bring some experience and some some opinions to that. And actually, uh, we agreed that we'd carry on with the mentorship relationship for another six months. So um, it clearly does work and does bring benefits. And I think it's all part of this fostering innovation that you're doing at Geovation, which I can't say how much I appreciate it and think you're doing a great job. So when I talk to people who want to start a business, I use this quote, um, which is that um, a successful business is 10% inspiration and 90% execution. That's actually a bastardization of a quote from Thomas Edison, who I think said it was um, 10% inspiration and 90% perspiration. But I think execution is a better one. And it's sort of chimed with what you were saying before. So I'm getting the guess that you agree with me. I do in a way. Um, I think that there's lots of other ingredients that go into the mix of starting a successful business. You know, there's, there's the drive, the passion, the charisma, the hard work, the luck, um, connections. There's, there's just so many things that need to go into the mix to contribute to success. But I think the, the key point from your statement is that it's not all about the idea. And Correct. that I completely agree with. Yeah. So you might be even copying an idea that already exists, but if you execute it much better than another person can, then you can find success in that. So it's not all about the idea. And it's very interesting, actually, some of the startups that join our accelerator program, they might come with one idea, but be very clear on the problem they're trying to solve with that solution. And six months later, they have a completely different solution. Yeah. You know, they've had to pivot because they've learned more about the problem. They've learned more about the customer and tested different things. And as a result, their idea has completely changed. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and I think that just proves your point, you know, that it's, it is very much marginally about the idea and more about how you execute it. Yeah. And execution is more than just delivering the product. It's the marketing. It's getting out there. It's... Yeah. It's a whole range of things. But I do think um, I laugh when, as an investor, people come to me and they want to talk to me about me being an investor in their startup, but they don't want to tell, they want me to sign NDAs and they're frightened of telling me their ideas. Um, and I often say to them that the best way of testing your idea and finding out if it's going to work is to expose it to other people and let them criticize it let them say but there's somebody else doing it um the number of people who who because they're so secretive don't discover until they 
invested time and money into an idea that it's already being done and done very well. Um, it's quite surprising. You're completely right. You need to, to be testing it. You need to be iterating on it, you know, finding real customer feedback, seeing what people think. And you're right, letting people challenge it as well. Because I think sometimes um, entrepreneurs get, get very protective. Uh, and I understand that. Um, but, you know, they see their idea as their baby and they, they just don't want anyone else to hold the baby. <laughs> or yeah. to, you know, tell them that their baby is ugly. Um, but uh, but you need that sometimes, especially in those early days. You need to be flexible in changing, in iterating, in figuring out what does work best. And the only way you're going to do that is with real testing, with real feedback. Um, so I completely agree with you on that one. And I, I think that there's another challenge that founders face, which is that you have to be driven to start a business. Um, you have to have passion, you have to have energy, and you have to have commitment. But at the same time, you have to be getting out there and you have to be testing your ideas and you have to be listening to people. And sometimes what you hear challenges the presumptions that drove you to start the business. And the ability to actually listen and change direction, to pivot, to do those things is absolutely essential for a founder because the founders who are determined that they know what's right and they know what the market needs and they plough on regardless, they are the ones who I think are likely to fail. Um, and we've seen some massive failures and we've seen lots of small failures. Lots of startups fail because they just refuse to pivot. Yeah, you're right. I think anyone that's read an if if you haven't read it, I would strongly recommend The Lean Startup, um, applying that methodology of, of learning, being okay with pivoting, uh, accepting that it's you know part of the journey um, and not spending tons of hours of resources or money um, into an idea just because you're very attached to it and you've not actually really figured out in the first place whether that idea is something that your customers want. And that yeah. can be... Uh, found out in very quick, short, cheap tests very yeah, often. Absolutely. Um, and there's another book which I, I think I've recommended on this podcast before, but I'll give it another plug because I think it's so great, which is called Value Proposition Design by Alex Osterwalder. Um, fantastic short book, um, brilliant for actually helping you to find product market fit and sort of understanding the dynamics of that, another great book that I'd recommend. So as we come into a wrap-up, um, you've seen a lot of startups, Carly. Um, you've been working in this space for a number of years now. If somebody wants to develop their amazing idea into a business, um, what bit of advice would you give them? I've, I've said this a lot of times before, but um, the, the number one thing is to just start start with something, um, start learning, start talking to people about it. Once you just make a start, um, then it's surprising how quickly other things start to fall into place. Once you've started, it's a thing then, you know, you've got to keep going. <laughs> Whereas if you yeah. just keep talking about it and dreaming about it, it will always stay a, a dream or a thought or an idea. 
but once you start to take action, it becomes a business. It becomes something that, that's growing, that's evolving. So starting is the number one thing, but also I think a really important piece of advice is to accept that you can't do everything and you don't know everything. So take all of the help that you can get, you know, through communities like Geovation, through asking other founders that have been there and done the journey before, um, through acknowledging what your weaknesses are and, and finding co-founders or teammates that will bring the strengths that you need into your team. So help and support and acceptance, you can't do it all on your own. And that's another big piece of advice I'd give. Okay, that's brilliant advice. Two bits of advice there for our, any startups that are listening to the podcast. Get started and take help. Carly, that's brilliant. So right at the beginning, I said in the intro that you... Um, you like to spend as much free time as possible at 30,000 feet. Is that flying or skydiving? <laughs> That's flying, yeah. That's I flying. I have tried my hand at skydiving yet. Uh, okay, but, yeah, so you're nothing. a pilot. Uh, I'm not so, a pilot. Um, ah. Sometimes I wish I was. I, I just love traveling. That's, uh -huh. that's my number one thing. So that every opportunity that I have to get on a plane, I'm on it. Um, uh, so I've just got back from a, a trip to Central America that, that we've been talking about before we started the podcast to, to Mexico and to Costa Rica. Um, and I'm already planning my next trip. You know, I, I've, I think travel is the only thing you can spend money on that makes you richer. Um, and that's how I justify <laughs> spending all my money on traveling. But I do truly believe it to be the case. So in a personal sense, you are a geographer. Yes, in, in that sense, I suppose I am. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, okay. Carly Morris, thank you very, very much. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Uh, last thing, just before I say goodbye to you, how should people get in touch with you if they want to find out more about Geovation? Yes, so to get in touch with me, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, if you want to find out more about Geovation, check out our website, geovation.uk. You can sign up as a member on there and access all of the amazing benefits that Geovation has to offer. Okay, and I'll put those links in the podcast notes. Carly, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, Bye. Thanks. thanks, everyone, for joining us today and listening to the GMR podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any um, suggestions for topics that we should uh, cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. Um, you can also, of course, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is geomob. Um, you can follow Steven at Steven Feldman. You can follow me at Freifogel. Um, you can check out Mappery at mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode, and of course, seeing you at a future GMOP event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.